good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening. Folks, thank you very, very much for listening to the date. Today is the 5th of April, year of our Lord, 2021. Welcome to yet another edition of the Bun and Cardigan Show. I'm, of course, joined by the on-again, off-again man who wears the cardigan, James Edwards III of The Athletic, who went golfing today. Yeah. How did that go? Tiger Hoods. Um, it was good, man. Like, Sunday, Easter, 70 almost. It was uh, me and Max Boltman, my, my brother, who covers the Red Wings for us. At the athletic, we we went out and got 18 in. Beautiful day. I shot poorly, but it was like my second time going this year, so I played better on the back nine. But yeah, I got into golfing last year, and now I'm I'm ready to. I might get lessons. Um, it's just fun. Yeah, you get to be outside, especially during like this whole COVID thing, man. Just to be outside, and not have to like worry about wearing a mask and yeah, worry about getting infected. Um, it's good. I'm, it was fun. My soccer team, I got up at 9 a.m. to watch my soccer team try to get into the top four, and they lo- tied some bums, and so that pissed me off, but then golfing made it better. Um, mm. So it was a, it's been a good Easter, and um, you're cl- clearly having a good Easter because you're, you're shirtless. Yeah, I was going to say, and you get to end your day uh, potting with me. Yeah. It makes uh, it a I pretty good day. I get to see your, your taco meat. Yep. It's a little bit too warm in here, so I just James is just one of the guys, so I don't have to wear a shirt around him. Um so when you do some sort of uh, you know activity outside of what your actual job is, generally uh, throughout the year, you're going to have to have your laptop on standby or maybe have your ringer on in case something happens. But when laptop you know, was at the crib, is that is it? Are you how much pressure is off of you once the trade deadline passes? Like, yeah, maybe a 10 day oh, or something like that's going to come out buyouts or something. But like right now, yeah, yeah. what do you that's have not, to do? That doesn't that usually doesn't warrant a story. Sure. So it's yeah, just some tweets, um, dude. It's 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 relief. Like I don't. I I looked at my laptop before I left. And I'm like, you're staying your ass home. I'm out. <laughs> Grab my AirPods, just in case somebody called and I had to talk or something. Yeah. Dude, it's 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 a feeling that it's hard to describe or for anybody to understand. Yeah. Because in from pretty much. In a normal in normal times, from September to yeah, the deadline in, is usually in March or is it usually oh usually in February. Mm-hmm. So from September to February, you I go everywhere with my laptop, the grocery store, um, to see my family, to go golf. Well, I wouldn't golf during those times, but if I go sure. to the movies, like you have to take the laptop. You just never know. As 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 I've shown with my track record, and uh, I've told our listeners. Um, Several big news items have have broken while I'm in the middle of doing life things. And all of them, not several, all of them. Yeah, pretty much all of them. I'm trying to think. I mean, like when Hamadou got traded, I was here, but I was like hanging out with a friend. You were with your boy, yeah. So it was just, yeah, it was just annoying. Well, the Delon thing was so late at night that I can't imagine you were doing anything. No, I was. I had to get out of bed. I was watching King of Queens. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, no. But all the Blake stuff, anytime a Blake news broke coming here, sitting out, getting bought out. Like I was doing like doing something. I've told a story. He got traded. I was on my way to the casino Yeah. Yep. when it was news. He was getting, he was going to be away from the team until they figured out his future. I was signing the lease on my new place. Mm-hmm. And when he actually got bought out, I was moving into the new place. So, yeah. Uh, you want to talk about uh, some breaking news. You want to talk about, you know, the, the, the point guard size elephant in the room, um, you know, he's back. The moment we are all waiting for is finally here. Um, I think we all know what I'm about to say. Drew Holiday did sign the extension with the Milwaukee. <laughs> I was waiting. I didn't know how early into the pod you were going to get into. I knew it no. was coming. That was a good I've, setup, though. Uh, in all seriousness, so you did actually, the most recent thing that you broke uh, was the Killian Hayes thing, that he was going to return um, against the New York Knicks. Killian uh, said after the game that that date had been set. It was predetermined. They kind of had that in mind for a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to ask you a little bit, though, before we talk about you know how the game actually went. Um, do we I, have I wanna... to talk about – wait, can we just talk about how Killian was? We don't I'm talk sorry. About that's, that game, well, yeah, I'm we? sorry. Yes, all that's right. all that I mean because I could not have cared less that we lost by 30. I was, I was no, present keep for going Killian. Higher. Higher. Um, nah, see, that just goes to show how little I was paying attention to 44. anything that wasn't Killian. There you go. Um 
so it was weird to me because we were kind of thinking to ourselves, um, you know, we were about a week out from the official, like the final update is what we were hoping. Um, uh, and all of a sudden you come out with this news. So you were somebody who was kind of like, just wait, just be patient. So my question for you, uh, talk to us as, about this as much as you can, um, if at all. Is this something that you were kind of poking around about? Did somebody kind of give you a tip like, hey, uh, this thing might happen. Why don't you check in on this? Walk us through the process of how you found this out. Um, Again, as much as you can. Yeah, I had an idea at the beginning of the week that it could happen um, as early as the end of the week. Um, And then I got a tip that it was happening. And then I asked questions to about a handful of people and a few of them confirmed with me. Yes. Um, and actually here's a, here's breaking news. There was talks of him returning the game before the next game. It was believed that he was going to play the game before the next game. Hmm. Which I don't even remember. Who I that can't was. remember who it was either. The wizards. I think, I think that was the wizards. Uh, that sounds right. Yes. But yeah. yes, there was, there was a chance he returned in whatever game was before New York. That's but interesting. Then they decided on um, New York. And it was this one of the because uh, you said you texted a few people. I'm sure that's generally what the um, you know sort of what the routine is. Was there like a, a well? First, let me also ask this. So, just to confirm, your source was not Killian's barber on Instagram, correct? <laughs> no, it was not. Okay. It was uh, not. Second question, was there, like, a little bit more pressure to get this one right? Because if you were wrong, people were going to get really mad at you. Uh, No, I knew it was right. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Can you – James, I, I don't want to – this is a visual podcast. I don't want to – thank you for doing uh, – James, his leg sorry. was covering his face, and it was driving me insane. I couldn't see him. I'm sorry. Um, So we finally get to the game. Obviously, uh, this was kind of the moment that we've been waiting for for about th- three months. I'd say about three months, maybe three and a half months. I don't remember how long it's been. Yeah, three months of me and the people in my mentions once Killian mm-hmm. coming back. And the biggest thing was, how many minutes is he going to play? How many minutes is he going to play? I don't actually remember what the final total 20. was. 20. Okay, well, I texted you. I said, what do you think about 15 to 20? And you said, yeah, probably somewhere around there. Um, so here's what I noticed from watching Killian. Now, I know generally people want to hear your insight on this. We tend to agree on a lot of the same things, and I always feel kind of silly um, just sort of being the tail end of what you say and being like, I agree, because then it sounds like I'm just saying it to agree. So I want to say what I saw first. Okay. okay. And that way, if we agree, people know that you know. But anyways, I was pretty impressed with the passes that he was making, um, his ability to locate guys. I thought uh, he mentioned after the game that it had slowed down a lot for him Mm -hmm. uh, since his first seven games. I thought that was pretty evident. I thought that he definitely played with sort of um, a chaotic passiveness. If, if, if I can get away with saying that. There was some tentativeness to shoot the ball, not something that I'm going to be mad about um, in his first game back. Uh, the shots that he did take, I'm pretty sure they were all short. Wasn't really, you know, I think he, he went for like one sidestep and then was a little bit hesitant. Defensively is what I thought was really interesting. The way that Killian was navigating screens and the speed at which he was doing it was really impressive to me. And the biggest thing was he had the, uh, the one uh, pass from half court, the bounce pass to uh, Diallo, uh, for the dunk. And that was like a, Oh, that might've been the best, the best pass that you've made this year. And it's kind of nice, honestly, to oh, no, you're talking play. about the, the bounce pass to Isaiah. Okay. I got them mixed up. Right. Yeah. They, yes. He did throw one to Diallo who was kind of cherry picking. Okay. That he and that one got, and, I, and Isaiah's got, he either got fouled or got blocked, but it was gotcha. a bounce pass in between. It spread. Both, yeah. Bo- both of them were great. Yep. It was really the point. And it was kind of the, okay. So, Killian is the best passer on this team. Like that, that's pretty much just where we're at. It would be nice if somebody can actually successfully ex- execute lobs to Plumlee. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that Killian can be that guy. Cause I've been banging that drum all season uh, that nobody on this team can throw lobs. Tony Snell's not walking through that door. <laughs> like we don't, we don't got anyone that can Wayne do that did a good team. job for a stretch. Yeah. That, that, that January stretch where he was good at everything. And he won like four of my Motown Noah best friend of the night awards, which by the way, Killian got his first of the year because everybody was terrible in that game. And I thought Killian looked serviceable. So I just was like, Hey, why not? Let's just give it to Killian. Um, I do have one. This was maybe the first time I was kind of mad at Dwayne Casey in about two years. Are we switching to Seku now? No, this is, oh. well, we will, but this, there were two things that kind of irked me a little bit. But I have a theory about the first one. The second one is the Seku thing. We don't have to talk about it. 
why? Okay. The game starts. Uh, we go down two touchdowns, right? 14 zip. Sadiq goes to the line. Casey yanks all the starters. Next whistle, Sadiq gets subbed for Wayne. We're playing a four-guard lineup with Killian. It was Killian, Wayne, um, Corey Joseph, Diallo, and I think Isaiah was the mm-hmm. fifth guy in there. Okay, Felt kind of weird, um, and I, I didn't really like it because there was a lot of off-ball stuff with Killian. I'd say 80% of his minutes on that in that game were off-ball, and that felt a little bit counterproductive to me. The theory that I have with that, and I think it's a little bit silly to do it because it was circumstantial. It was, you know, but we had been experimenting with can we play uh, Isaiah and Mason at the same time? Do you think that this was like a Jalen Suggs, Cade Cunningham experiment where they wanted to see how Killian would thrive or would perform rather um, with multiple guards on the floor and see if he can be that off-ball guy? Or am I just reading too much into it because March Madness is happening? Um, I think predominantly it's it's his first game back, and even when he was – before he got injured, Casey was playing another ball handler with him just to take some pressure off. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's part of it. I think part of it is if the draft lottery breaks right for Detroit, um, they're going to get another lead creator, whether it be Cade, whether it be Jalen Suggs, and there is going to be times when Killian is more off ball. I wouldn't say he was – I would say he was off ball, but, like, he brought the ball up a lot. Um, I thought 80 is probably a little high, but I know what you mean. Like, he did play alongside other lead guys, quote-unquote, lead guards. Yeah. Um, I think part of it is just to take pressure off him. I think part of it is he is going to, if like I said, if the lottery breaks right, he is going to be off the ball some. Um, I think – I don't – I didn't mind. I, I, I understood what Casey was doing with all those guards. I, I know that was a little bit of a talking point on Twitter, but the Knicks defense – is very good and it's suffocating and the Pistons just couldn't put any pressure on the rims rim with their guards. I mean, that's Tibbs, by the way, that's yeah, just, no, that's a that's Tibbs the, masterclass, right? No, now. he's as the Knicks, those boys play D and mm-hmm. Casey was looking for a way to, to just get some pressure on the rim, to get some creation, to get some movement, to get downhill, to, to just something. And I, 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 it, it might, I don't think it worked because of the, the personnel more so than the scheme. Like I think the idea was right. Like, nothing okay. else was working, and he was just trying to get some creation. Sure. Um, as for Killian, I I mean, I agree with you. Like, I think he – I wrote it. I think he's by far the best passer on the team. Yeah. I think Killian looked like Killian did before the injury. He looked a little more comfortable. There wasn't him getting to half court and picking up his dribble. That was a plus. There wasn't him yes. kind of just dribbling to spots without a, without a plan. Um, that's a plus. I just think he was a really – he showed flashes of being a really, really good passer before he was injured. He had some great passes Saturday night. He rebounded well, and he played some solid defense. And yeah, I'll say this. there are. I understand why maybe the casual fan is not excited about Killian Hayes' future because he's not a fill-up-the-box score point guard right now. He's not a creator for himself right now. He's not a scorer right now. I understand to the the casual fan why that doesn't look appealing going forward. But for nerds like us, when you watch him make the reads that he does effortlessly, like it's he had like he has the IQ of of the guard you want to lead a functional NBA offense. They just don't have the pieces around him. Mm. He's not ever going to be the guy that leads a team in scoring or is the 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 top creator on a, on a great team. I mean, at least right now, that's not he's not that guy. But he's a guy that makes the right pass at the right time. He makes the skip pass because he's tall. He has great anticipation. Um, he knows the offense very well. He understands spacing. He's a smart basketball player. And I think yes. if I were a Pistons fan, and I understand, again, why some of the, of the fan base is just uh, – not super excited about his future. What I would say to that is I think he has a solid foundation, meaning he's shown that he's potentially could be an elite passer. And I think he can be a really, really good defender. I agree he has two that. things in his foundation that early on he does really well. The third thing is going to be the scoring. And that's going to determine if he's Kendall Marshall if he's Sean Livingston or if he's Goran Dragic. Sure. Because if he can't score at all, 
he's Kendall Marshall. If he can find a way to get comfortable and get find a shot that he can get to, whether it be a floater, whether it be a mid-range jumper, whether his three-point shot starts falling, he's Sean Livingston. Yeah. Sean had Sean could get to the rim. Sean could hit the mid-range jumper. Sean had something while he wasn't a obviously a a great scorer. That's not what he's known for. He had a shot he can get to and score and add to the game that way. Um, and if Killian wants to be Goran Dragic, he has to be able to knock down the three ball. He has to be able to get to the rim. He has to be able to finish at the rim. I do think that's the scoring's going to determine his ceiling. Again, Kendall Marshall, Sean, there's three tiers where it's Kendall Marshall out of the league real quick. Sean Livingston, long career, maybe as a career backup, maybe as a guy that you, you just can rely on and, and put talented guys around him and he can be fine. Or Goran Dragic, where he's actually a big piece to something greater. Um, the scoring is going to determine that, but I do think what he has working for him is he does two things. One, really, really well already. And the other one, I think he can be a really, really good defender. Sure. The the defense is what really I was really excited about. The guy moves like uh for my fishing pals out there. Guy moves like a pike. You ever agitate a pike? See how quick they dart off. That's how he moves through screens. Yeah. It's no, really he, he's right there when the when his uh, opponent catches the ball. He's a nuisance when he gets hit with the screen and is trailing. Mm-hmm. He does he he does great closing out whether it's help or his man. Um, I think on ball he's solid as well. Every now and then he gets caught ball watching, um, and he can tone. He, that's something that's fixable. I, I just think he's he has the makings to be a really really good defender. Yeah. Um, and he, like I said, I think he's already a terrific passer. The uh, it really makes you look back and laugh at the the people who thought that I kind of see James Harden in him. No, he has a step back. That's why you're saying that. Yeah. And he's lefty. Um, sure. And so I even at the time, like when people were saying that, I was like, I love Killian. It's, he's not James Harden. Um, I do want to talk to you a little bit about this, though, speaking of uh, rookies, specifically Pistons rookies, but sort of just in the league in general. I just tweeted this before we got on. I'm just curious to hear your thoughts on this. You know, generally every year you, you hear about this rookie wall and you, you look at the rookie of the year race and you think, well, who's who's going to hit the wall last or who's going to hit it first and then recover? Something a little bit unusual about this season is it doesn't really feel like we've had those moments where you think, ah, okay, you know, we thought this guy was going to win the uh, rookie of the year, and then he kind of hit a wall, and now you're not totally sure. Now it's kind of up in the air. It's a little bit ambiguous. I don't really know, especially in Detroit, if we've really dealt with that this season. I mean, Lamelo. I mean, you would assume if he, as as long as he didn't get hurt, he probably would have continued on the same trajectory because it didn't really look like he was slowing down. As soon as he got slotted in on the lineup, which, by the way, Lamella Ball, a perfect example of a guy who ball watched nonstop in uh, New Zealand, and now it's like, wait, is Lamella actually kind of an awesome defender? Not an awesome, fun to watch defender is a better way to frame it. Yeah. Um. So. You know, Anthony Edwards is a guy who, as somebody pointed this out on Twitter, maybe early in the year, but I said I would chalk that up to growing pains a little bit. But now, you know, he's kind of a little bit wishy-washy sometimes, but then he'll give you 41. And uh, James Wiseman, well, he's been, you know. Um, but Sadiq, Isaiah, and Saban, I, I think they'll have off nights, but they're not, they're not going to string four or five of those together, I don't think. I agree with the first two. Saban might be in hitting his rookie wall right now. Okay. If you look at his last three games, I mean, two points against the Blazers in 20 minutes, um, six assists, but he's had some bad turnovers the last few games, some really bad ones. A lot of Corey uh, Joseph minutes in there too, so he's been of, getting the ball a lot. A lot of Corey Joseph. He only played 13 against the Knicks in a blowout. He did not play there well in his time. Three points, um, just three assists. Eight points against the Wizards, seven rebounds. He did that well, but just some terrible passes in that game. I think he could be. I don't want to say like a little, just mentally exhausted because he was. He's been like I said, he's made some errors that he wasn't really making early on. That's like, like why did he throw that pass? Where was he look? Where was he throwing that to? Who was he throwing yeah. that to? Like so, he could be in it. We'll find out. They they play OKC um, today, and they're on a West Coast trip. But I I agree with you. Sadiq has had off nights like over nights then he turns it around mm-hmm. isaiah's had games where he's not as impactful but then he turns it around um yeah I, I i agree for the most part that yeah you haven't really seen a down week two week two and a half week period with a lot of the pistons rookies 
Do you have any theories as to why that might be, or do you think it's just kind of the way that it is? Um, I'm actually. I'll ask Dwayne that question tomorrow. That's a great question. <gasps> um, I'll ask Courtesy him that of, tomorrow. Uh, or Twitter today. user Nicholas Hinkle. Uh, yeah, this, this this question comes to us from Twitter user Nicholas Hinkle, and, and he um, might have a different answer. He might say some guys have hit a rookie wall, so we'll see. But I'll I'll ask. It's a good question. Um, I bunch think of gamers. Pa- I think part of it is yeah, the guys, the characters of the guys that they've drafted. Um, Isaiah, it's hard to have a week, two week bad stretch when you're Isaiah Stewart and you play as hard as he does, and you're just active. Like you're gonna impact the game in one way or another, even if it doesn't show up necessarily on the box score. Um, Sadiq Bay is a guy that just gets a lot of minutes, can shoot the ball. Um, he struggled a little bit at the rim as of late. That's kind of gotten back down. Um, but he still can shoot the hell out of the ball, and he's still a solid defender. So these guys have things they can really hang their hats on. They're, they're young rookies, young guys that have stuff in their locker that they can hang their hats on. Do you think if we did a redraft today? Ooh, how, let's, let's, do, let's do a redraft. Hold on. Let's not, maybe we can save that for Wednesday because off the top of my head, I actually want to put some thought into it. But let me ask you this. Let me, let me go through the draft and tell me how many guys you, I think that, you I, would I, take say, that were drafted ahead of Isaiah and Sadiq that you would still take over Isaiah and Sadiq. The biggest question is the first wing off the board was Patrick Williams. Patrick Williams has his um, athleticism. That's his upside there. I like Patrick. Right? I don't think you swap Sadiq for Patrick Williams. I think the highest Sadiq goes is, what was Jalen Smith? Was he 10 or 11 to Phoenix? I think that's where Sadiq goes. And then Mm. um, where do you think he goes? All right, let's go through it. Anthony Edwards. I think we both agree you're taking him still over Sadiq and Isaiah. Sure. James Wiseman, I think Sadiq and Isaiah have been better, but Wiseman has stuff but that makes not you. Gonna, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lamelo, we know that answer. Patrick, I still would take Patrick Okoro. Yes. Offensively, I don't know, man. He has his he has his moments. Um, I think what what Cleveland values with Okoro is what people did coming into the into the into the draft. Um, people were like, that's just Stanley Johnson 2.0. The guy can't play on offense. And then he did for the in the preseason a little bit early on, and then he'll have these overnights where he'll play like 25 minutes and he won't score a point and he'll shoot two shots. So if I'm Cleveland, uh, if I value the offensive end of that a little bit more, um, since they're already – there are some rumors floating around that they were shopping Jetty, maybe Sadiq is that replacement there. On the offensive end, I think he's day one a better defender than Jetty. Um I I wonder though. Wait, why are you comparing Shady Alton? We're talking about like Okoro. Be, I won't go through the whole train of thought that I was having, but I do realize how that sounded confusing. <laughs> I apologize. Um, it made sense in my head, but you're yeah. right. I'm sorry. So, so I'll say um, this: Who's better offensively, and who do you think has higher offensive upside, Okoro or Sadiq? Offensively, it's Sadiq. Defensively, it's Okoro. So it just I agree. It, Okoro it, it, has better defensive upside, but would you say that the gap? So let's say this. Offensively, is the gap bigger between Sadiq and Isaac than it is defensively? I would say yes. Like I So yeah. say Sadiq is an 8 offensively. Okoro's a, a 5 right now. I'd put him at a 4 right now. All right, we'll say Sadiq's a 7 offensively and Okoro's a 4 right now. And say Okoro's a 8 defensively, I would say Sadiq's a 6.5, 7. I was going to say five and a half. Um, I think eh, Sadiq's been pretty good. It depends on – if you're Kobe Ullman, it depends on what you value right now because defensively you have Colin Sexton. Well, offensively you have Colin Sexton right now too. So it just depends on what you think your vision is moving forward. Well, I'm just, I I'm actually just comparing like, just those two, those two players. Who do you think – would you take the the higher defensive upside of Okoro or the higher offensive upside with still a really good defender in Sadiq? I think Sadiq – has been better than Isaac Okoro, yeah, like so far as the year. Oh, 100% he is. That's and I not think the upside might be more. But you sound like you don't know yet, so you're a wash on it's that. A, it's a really strong rationale. I just I have a lot of stock in Okoro and what he does defensively. Okay. Um, he defends, like I've said it before, he's got like four arms. It's crazy. Um, oh, that's fair. Next one, number six, I would say definitely. I mean, this guy's barely played. Um, you can say what you want about his upside, and I know people were high on him going into the draft, but I think that's waned a little bit. On Yeka Kongu, I would take Isaiah and Sadiq over him. And... Yeah, isn't even, we don't even need to defend that, I don't yeah. think. Well, we'll skip Killian just because. Who would you like more in Atlanta Isaiah. between those two? I, I think I agree. 
because they already have Gallinari and Bogdanovich and Kevin Herter. Yeah. I, well, I would take Sadiq over Kevin Herter, but you get my point. Uh, yeah, Isaiah, Isaiah would bring some toughness. He would bring energy. He would, I mean, he'd pick and pop threat. Um, mm-hmm. He and John think, Collins. Yeah, I think him and John next to each other would be very fun. Um, all right, so we'll skip killing. Obi's falling off a cliff, and I would I would take both of those guys over Obi. Mm-hmm. Um, Denny, I would take both those guys over Denny. Yep. I would take both those guys over Jalen. Yeah, that's not even a question. I would take both those guys over Devin Vassell. I would take Tyrese over both of those two. Though I think I, I Tyrese has been great his rookie year. I still think I always anticipated Tyrese coming in and having an impact, but kind of leveling off. Like I don't I still don't see Tyrese being an all star caliber player. I like, I still think his peak is like seventeen points a game shoot like 40% from three and average like five or six. He'll, he'll be a really, really good NBA player. I don't – I, I think Sadiq and team. Isaiah could be more than that. But that could just be me have me watching those two every single night. Not like averaging more, but I mean being more impactful oh, to impactful, a winning pro. Sure. Yeah. yeah, well, that depends. Are you are you accounting for Halliburton's, uh, you know, 17 and 9 um, as like – the lead man where is he is he second banana where is he in the hierarchy in this in this formula because if he's second or third i want that guy on my team but if that's who i'm supposed to rely on first and in sacramento he's not right i think that i think that works um and i think out of these three guys i think they're all complimentary i don't think there's going to be a day in any of these guys lives that that, that, between halliburton yeah yeah, that's never going to happen so if it were between those three uh 10 times out of 10 i'm i'm gonna take Halliburton for sure okay I want the game manager Kyra Lewis I like a lot um you wonder if if he had more run if this would be more of a conversation but yeah I just think Uh, because of how much Sadiq and Isaiah have played how much we've seen from them that one's I like Kyra a lot I think he can be a really good player but yeah I would say Sadiq and Isaiah Aaron Naismith yeah Sadiq and Isaiah Cole Anthony he was good he had moments um so I'll hold off on that one, and then the Blazers drafted, or that was the Isaiah. Yep, that yeah. was that was Isaiah, and then uh, your boy Poku went to the Timberwolves. Then Thunder. <laughs> Pokushevsky is uh, one of the funniest players in the league because he looks there's funny. There's not a player in the G League in the NBA right now who has better highlights and worse lowlights. Yeah, he's all over the place, and he's yeah, he's. Uh, I'm actually kind of excited to watch the the Pistons Thunder game. Yeah, um, Moses Brown, yeah, Maladon. It'll be if you're into if you're into unique prospects, that's the game for you. This is like the um, the U18 Motown Noah All Star game. Yeah, you're gonna be uh, <laughs> with all have the, the have the lotion close by. With yeah, with all the guys, like I think you could make a full Motown No All Star team between Detroit and Oklahoma City's roster. Facts, a hundred percent. I think yeah. a lot of really good guys on this team, on those teams rather. So um, with all that said, I think if you redo the draft based on where we are today, Isaiah and Sadiq both go in the top ten. Yeah, I, I and I, I think the, the the more interesting thing here to me is um, maybe revisiting this in five years. Of course, because in in you know well of course I guess that does sound pretty obvious. Um, but speaking of rookies, speaking of draft picks, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Uh, I don't think it's the day. I don't I don't know that I should be doing my Evan Mobley thing today. Let's talk a little bit about Jalen Suggs because that was. Did you have an audible reaction? Because my jaw just dropped and I like kind of gasped, but I like didn't move. I just froze. I was. I mean, I was covering the. The bloodbath and LCA. I didn't get to see it live. Oh my gosh, you couldn't watch it. I had to see the people tweet about it, and then I saw the clip. So here's the thing. I we said it. I think last week that Mobley and Jalen Green and Jonathan Kaminga, I think, are seamless fits in Detroit, where you don't really question where they're going to be or what their role is going to be. It's Cade and Suggs where it gets weird, and that's not a bad thing. I don't think it's it not gets a bad weird thing. with Cade, but I know what you mean. I just mean it gets I, weird I, for some for some people. Yes, for I'm Cade sorry, Cunningham, yes. I'm it thinking not of, weird. I'm thinking if I'm killing Hayes, I think it gets a little bit weird. Yeah, what am I supposed to do now? Right, um, the way that Suggs 
cuts, the way that he runs in transition. Um, like he has a patience to his game. You talk about the uh, what did I say? The the chaotic passiveness that 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 Killian plays with. Jalen Suggs has that, but it's more surgical, and there it's it's with an emphasis on chaos, bolded, underlined, italicized. Uh, the way that he plays is really exciting to me, and I think that man, you're, that you're turning suit, a corner on him. I am. I have not publicly shared how I felt about Jalen Suggs. Um, for like the last month, so people think, don't know I think, that about me. I think me. that's good that your first thing publicly about Jalen Suggs is is good stuff because I didn't well, want to. I'll just to get do, it out there. Yeah. I, I, you know, I mean, you can air me out if you want, but even what I would tell you was I don't know what it is, but something about watching him just doesn't feel right. And this is what March Madness is. This is what it does for us. Is it shows us because you always think, well, how can he? You know, is he, can he play in big games? Gonzaga is, historically speaking, one of the best teams in college basketball ever, period. Um, doing what he did in the Final Four, I think he put up, what, 18-6. and six. Obviously, he hit that shot. The one time ever that no one's going to care, that, that someone banked it. No one's going to care. No. Let me tell you this, though. You know who hit a shot from the same distance and didn't use the glass? Who? Hmm. Steph Curry. is. Uh, are we saying that Steph Curry's better than Jalen Suggs? Hmm. Trouble in paradise for uh, the Suggs hive. Uh, <laughs> I hope even the Suggs hype agrees to that. <laughs> no, but I, it would be fun. I just, I'm not there. And I just, the thing that pisses me off is I was the proponent of whoever wins Gonzaga USC. That's who goes number two. Now I'm like, I take it back. Evan yep. Mobley should go too. Uh, I like Suggs a lot. I think the only thing that, I mean, not the only thing, but what's going to really consider or determine Suggs' trajectory is the shot. Like, I think his shot looks good, but it doesn't. He's not a great three-point shooter. He's a bad three-point shooter. Um, I think he's shooting like 31 or 33 percent in college, or 34 percent. Not. I thought it was 35, so that's worse than what I thought. It maybe was, you're so right. No. Yeah, I know it's not. I don't. I don't think it's 35, but I could be wrong. Um, I think if him and Killian play together. I th- oh, speaking of which, and you'll get this breakdown uh, if you're listening to this right now on Monday the Athletic, uh, on Monday at the Athletic, my my buddy, the best prospect guru out there, Sam Vicini and I, um, we dropped, we're dropped, Monday, on Monday, we have dropped, I always get confused with the days, we have dropped a Pistons 2021 draft scenarios and picks. So I did five tankathon rolls. I picked for the other teams that weren't Detroit. Sam picked for Detroit in those five scenarios, and I would present to him questions. Like, so, for example, if I thought Suggs was the best player on the board, I'd be like, Sam, I assume you're going to go Suggs here. What does that mean for Killian Hayes? I assume you're going Evan Mobley here. How do you see the fit? Can you see Evan and Isaiah playing together? And if you don't know who Sam Bassini is by now, like, I don't know what you're doing, but he's by far the best draft prospect and college prospect, NBA prospect guy out there. Um, and Monday, the day you're listening to this, is the last day of our $1 per month promo. So go mm. check out that piece. Go subscribe if you're still on the fence. Like, this is the last time for a while. It's going to be $1 a month. But, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And Sam went deep on the scenarios. He went deep on the Pistons as rookies, how they'll fit with these young guys that he picked in the certain scenarios based on the roles. Um, it's, a, it's a really fun read. Suggs, I think him and Killian could play together. One of them has to develop a jump shot. I think defensively they could be a really good backcourt. That's uh, I agree with that. I think 100%. they could be really, really good on that end. Um, one of them has to become a, a decent NBA shooter, though. You know, how, here's what here's how I'm looking at this. There's a lot of ifs. I mean, there's a lot of you know. If this thing happens, well, then this thing's gonna if, happen. If we're fifth, we all be we all drunk. be drunk right now. Yeah. Uh, so are we are we to think about this in the sense that okay who do we need to draft that has the lowest number of ifs right is that the philosophy? Cade Cunningham. Here's my problem with the whole Cade Cunningham thing. If I do my Mobley thing, if someone does their Suggs thing, if someone does their Kaminga thing, which nobody does, Kaminga is just like oh we got him that's cool. Nobody's like give me Jonathan. Kaminga. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I think uh, Jalen Green is higher on the Pistons list than Kaminga is. If I had to guess. So what I'm getting at here is if you do your 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 thing, people, well, you should want Cade Cunningham. I do. 
But we say this all the time. Of course I want Kate. There are a lot of people should... in my mentions right now who are saying they think Suggs is better, and I know that it's prisoner of stuff. They're lying. He's not better than Kate, folks. He's not. I Listen, I tried for a really long time. And Kate I tell you played time, with me and you and then our neighbors. Mm-hmm. That Oklahoma, team's, Oklahoma State team was boo-boo. Imagine if Pistons Twitter assembled a basketball team. That's who Kate Cunningham played with. Yeah. For real. Except you, because you can hoop. I know you can hoop. Yeah, like I would be Cade. <laughs> I, I'm laughing. You're not wrong. That's a good analogy. That's yeah. a good analogy. Um, and what they were, what, a four seed, five seed? That was because uh, yeah, of Cade Cunningham. it was very generous, yeah. And I, that right. was still a little high, yeah. So uh, he's, the, you know, he's the generational orchestrator. Suggs is the, the, the patience maestro, right, the, the finisher. Um, Evan Mobley is the unicorn. Jonathan Kaminga, he's the the electric wing defender. The Jaylen freak of Green nature. Is the scorer. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jalen Green he, could average if he reaches his peak could be like a mid to high twenty score in the NBA. He's got that much shit in his bag. He's real fun. He's yeah. real fun. I, I was watching a few interviews with him, non basketball related. You know, he's just a guy. And and I know that uh, it's making the rounds right now. I, I remember watching it like a month ago. Have you seen Suggs's football highlights? No, I never have. Oh, would he play running back or quarterback? He's a quarterback. Yeah, yeah. I wish that he chose uh, football, so we wouldn't have to make this difficult decision. Well, but then we wouldn't get to enjoy him in the league. So it's I, I can't win here. Uh, like, can I can I talk to you about something that has a lot of people mad? Sure. I don't want to say mad, but so people are like, we need to be the worst. The response to that is what you don't need to be the worst. You need to be in the top three worst. But those people do have a point. Because yeah. if we're the worst, we can't fall out of what? The top four? I think it's five. Five. And then if you're second worst, it's top six. Yep. Third worst, it's top seven. So technically, those people are right that having the worst does help in some sense. Because if you're the worst, well, at least in a, a worst-case scenario, you end up with Jonathan Kaminga. That's pretty cool. Right. I don't hate that. And, right? I, and where... I still could see a world where like a guy like Scotty Barnes goes above Kaminga. No, I don't believe that. I don't think I, it'll happen, but crazy stuff happens close to the draft. I agree with you that that line of thinking is correct. What annoys me is them like is are people saying, "Why are they trying to win this game?" There is literally only so much. Players are never. Are you telling like there are people out there who legitimately think that players should not do well to help the team? Do you understand those people that are drafted or? taking they're going to take one of their jobs it's just not how it works nobody plays to lose nobody's out there to get embarrassed so they do you think the pistons the players were happy they lost by 44 no like yeah. that just that doesn't make any sense the pistons are literally playing two two-way guys 15 to 20 minutes a game three rookies a 32 year old uh mason plumley who is a good nba player but like he's been a borderline starter his whole career like it's not like he's a bona fide starter in the nba like there's if it's the nba you're going to win some games it's just going to happen they're not going to lose every game from here on out it's literally impossible to expect that the magic aren't going to lose every game from here on out they just beat toronto the other night they didn't they beat brooklyn too um could have i don't know uh, i was probably at work when that happened i have no idea like it's the pistons are going to win games and other teams that are bad are going to win games it's just going to happen that's uh, just the NBA. Like teams are gonna have off shooting nights. Teams are gonna be locked in. Teams are gonna be on a back to back. Teams are gonna be like, yeah. The Magic have beaten the Pelicans. Um, they beat the Clippers. That's who it was. They beat the Clippers, and they lost to the Lakers by three since the deadline. Like they beat the Suns on the twenty. Or Vucevic was on the team then. Uh, but yeah, they've beaten the Clippers. And the Pelicans, since they've been arguably the worst roster on paper, like teams are just going to lose. And yes, you hope that your team it has the worst record so that you can't fall as far in the draft. But like the goal is to just give yourself the best chance at the number one pick. And that by doing that is having one of the three worst records. Then after 100%. that, the basketball gods decide Who's going to get the sweepstakes? Who's going to win the Kate Cunningham sweepstakes? You want another realization we should probably have as Pistons fans? Hmm. 
Jeremy Grant's not winning most improved. Who's going to win it? Julius Randle. You know why? Because he's improved? Because he's an all-star. Because the Knicks are going to go to the playoffs. And since that's what's valued now, that's what's going to happen. And it's New York. To me, when it comes to most improved, I don't want it to be – I don't like when it goes to a guy who – Yes, Julius is having a much better season than he did last year, and he's taken his game to new heights. And yes, that is considered improved. But it's like he's he's been like the hub of a team for a while. Like I always want the most improved to be the guy that was a rotation guy that took the next step. Like it should be like the guy that kind of like shocked you and came out of nowhere. Julius was like the number two pick, and yeah. he was the man in New York last year, and it's. Yeah, I, I just think he you could be right. He could win it, and I wouldn't argue that he's been phenomenal. Um, but, like, I just don't – I when the most improved goes to a guy that's, like, I'm kind of already good. Like, he averaged 19.5 last year and 21 in New Orleans the year before that. Like, Julius is – it's he's doing that in a much more efficient and a more um, meaningful way now because his team's solid, like, Let's pump the brakes on the Knicks. They are 25 and 25. Um, but they're going to be in the playoffs, and they play hard, and he's the best player on the team that's going to be in the playoffs. Totally get it. But, like, Jeremy was a rotation guy his whole career and is somewhat efficient on a team that's bad that if he had another guy or two that could hold his own, his numbers wouldn't be as down. He wouldn't have as much of a workload. They wouldn't be as down as of late. I just, yeah, I'm always – when it comes to most improved, I always wanted to go to the guy that, like, came from the ashes i don't know well traditionally i don't know that that's necessarily how it works brandon ingram won it last year yeah i know you're right pascal siakam won it the year before i think siakam is a good example though he's you know yeah victor oladipo Giannis, cj mccollum jimmy butler goran Dragic, paul george ryan anderson yep kevin love aaron brooks aaron brooks is great i always loved aaron brooks um so i don't know man because winning is valued in a, in a way that I don't think well, – okay, if I say this on, on the surface, it's going to sound weird. If I say winning shouldn't be valued in the way that it is, but in terms of the way that we vote for things like the All-Star Game and Most Improved, I think there's something to be said. Any award, yeah. About a guy who will bet on himself in the way that Jeremy did and deliver in the ways that he has. It's not going to be reflected in the win column. However, if you're paying attention, which a lot of these voters probably aren't going to be paying attention to Detroit. No. Um, it's not going to happen. I think Julius Randle getting an all-star nod was was probably the biggest indication of maybe where the trajectory on this was. You kind of I know you alluded to it that he's got stuff in his bag offensively that I didn't I never thought he'd be capable of moving the way that he is sometimes now. I mean, he's sitting he's sitting step backs. Everybody in the league has a step back now. And Julius Randle I just hit. love that he like facilitates and passes the ball. He was I mean, there was a point when you you watched Jeremy Ran- or Jeremy Randall Julius Randall and you knew he touched the ball you you weren't getting it back his the teammates weren't yeah he was the black hole of black holes and now he facilitates and it makes the right reads and sometimes he's still a black hole but he's an efficient black hole now he's yeah. he's that dude's nice I'm gonna throw out a name I think they're gonna end up in Detroit they do not classify as a Weaver guy. I would be shocked to see them in a Pistons uniform, but it sounds like something that's going to happen. So talk me off a ledge. Why does it sound like something that's going to ledge talk? Why does it sound like, what do you mean it sounds like something's going to happen? You got breaking news? I just know Jeremy Lin's going to end up on this team in the summer. Stop. You want to, because my Are you being serious or is this a shtick? I'm, listen, I don't think he's a Weaver guy. Jeremy Lin is not going to end up on the Pistons I think he's a veteran but not the veteran that you need it just seems like something that would I I love Jeremy Grant or Jeremy Grant love Jeremy Lin as a dude he's a really cool dude I I when you speak I don't I don't it's hard to me anticipate what player you're gonna throw out there (laughs) like because you you can throw out your your fandom for certain players is very my Rolodex is is very random Mm. you continue to to surprise me with names I was waiting for like Listen, I don't want people to get mad at me. I'm not saying, but it doesn't it just feel like no. something that is going to happen. No, no, no. I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking to you, James, because you know things. I don't know I'm a damn to, thing except I'm that Jeremy Lin ain't going to be a piston. To the fans, the tortured fans. Hold doesn't on. it feel like something that would happen that the Woj notification, 
Jeremy Lin signs a two-year deal for the mid-level with the Detroit. It just sounds like something that would happen, but I know that he checks none of the boxes. This none is of insane. them. This, you've I, had some crazy takes in our 23 episodes of BNC. <laughs> this is this takes the cake, my brother. I'm not even saying it's going to happen. The fact that that you, because I know how your mind works. You were probably walking to 7-Eleven. <laughs> this is exactly how it you, happened. You were walking to 7-Eleven. You were at, like, who could Detroit get this offseason? Like, they, we need, we don't want to be too good, but we need to get some guys. Like, we need some veterans on this team. Jeremy Lin. Oh, he's, like, not doing anything right now. Like, he's, in a, he's, he's a in veteran. The he's in the G League. Like, explain to me what, what made you think that this could happen. Like, what is your thought process? It seems like something that Why? would happen to a fan base that is perpetually tortured. So, like, you think it's like a Jose Calderon signing? That is a perfect analogy. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah and again, I, I think I'm, the person. I think the. Yeah, I don't, I'm I, not a proponent of it. I'm just saying, doesn't it feel? How would you feel about D'Anthony Melton on this team? That ship has sailed. He already. He's. We can't sign him. But I mean, you like D'Anthony Melton? He's a yeah. He's a good NBA player. I had him on my list. Uh, this time last year, didn't he? He was a free agent this off season, right? Yeah, I, I was like, we could go after him, but we already have Bruce Brown, and then we didn't have Bruce Brown anymore. And then I was like, but do you want two Bruce Browns on your team? Probably not when you're rebuilding. I think Melton's but a I, better scorer. I would, uh, I guess they both can only hit threes from the corner, and th- like they are pretty much a one to one. If I I could close my eyes and like if their faces were blurred out and their jersey was blank. I, I wouldn't know who's who. They play the exact same way to me. Maybe I'm an idiot. I there it's a one to one. I think you're being a little crazy. I think Mm-mm. DeAnthony's more of a um natural point guard. He's shooting forty four percent from three this year and Oh well, I actually didn't know that. And okay. he's actually I mean, yeah, he's shooting fifty percent from the corners. Let me see how many of his um how many I guess it's they don't break down how many are from the wing. But yeah, he's shooting 34% from three. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying who's better. I think Bruce fits, again, Bruce fits the role he plays in, in Brooklyn, but I like DeAnthony Melton. I think he's a very good backup point guard. Let's go back to your Jeremy Lin. Like, were you. What? I really got nothing on it. Um, I'm just I'm, I'm kind of scrolling through the list right now. I'm just looking at some vets. Like, I'd love to have a guy like Rashawn Holmes in Detroit, but there's no use for him. It's not fair to waste his talent here. Well, that you know you have. I mean, Isaiah. That's what I mean yeah. by you have no use for him. Here. Yeah, right. Um, I don't know. You want Zach Collins? He's restricted. No. I don't. I don't know that Portland's. If anybody tries to pay him, I don't think Portland's going to match it. No, he's been bad. And, he's and I, yeah, I don't want to be the team that does it. Um, another guy, restricted, early bird rights in Dallas, Nico Melli. That's the guy you get on your team. Do you have albums? Um, I can look up albums in a minute. Here's I want to <laughs> ask you a question. I, I do want to ask you a question. Uh, this guy about wants Nico Melli and Jeremy Lin. Don't, I don't. I do not. I would want love to Jeremy see. Lin. I would love to see what your two K team looks like. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> uh, I thought about throwing together the Motown No All Stars on a, on a, in a, like a my league and see how they do. Are you just gonna simulate? You should simulate and see how they do. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I would do. Yeah, because yeah. if I played with them, we'd go eighty two and zero. Because I know I know their tendencies. I know how to play with them. And you play on beginner. Uh, who I do play on rookie, hundred percent rookie. Yeah. Sometimes if I'm, if I'm feeling if I'm feeling good about myself, I'll play on pro. People who play on Hall of Fame are they're lying to themselves. <laughs> Um, I do, but yeah. No, you don't. I so, do. in your uh, three and a half years on the beat, best quote, who has been the best quote guy that you can go to and you're like, he's going to give me something good, something funny. It's probably Dwayne. Dwayne is good. Um, Dwayne's better, not better, I shouldn't say that. Dwayne, with the cameras and microphones off, is a little more... Uh, not as coach speak. Uncle-y. It's like an uncle. Cool uncle. Yeah, he's super. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. He's the cool uncle. Um, could we do not Dwayne? Bruce is, I feel though. like, okay, Bruce, there we go. We could do Bruce. Yeah, sure. Bruce. Blake, too. Uh, 
Sometimes he would don't. get a little too. The thing with Blake is he was moody. So some days Bruce was never really moody. You'd always get he would be upset, but like you'd always get something real out of him. Sure. Uh, you probably don't want to do like worst quote. We could do worst quote. Biggest snooze fest. Who's the biggest snooze fest? Not that you didn't like vibe with them. They just were like very bland during interviews, right? Yeah. Um, sure. John Luer. John Luer's not great. Um, how was Luke? Be honest. Luke was good. Luke would show some some like humor. Um, he would be also sometimes. Luke was better off one on one or like just shooting the shit with. Then with all the cameras, sometimes he could be facts. Uh, just normal like basketball speak sometimes. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's a few. Who shocked you the most in terms of maybe they were like a lot funnier than you thought, maybe just a lot like cooler than you thought? They just ended up kind of kind of being pals with them a little bit. Who surprised you? If that makes sense. Um, like wow, I didn't think we were gonna get along because I know you and Stanley didn't get along. I wouldn't say me and Stanley didn't get along. We just never hit it off. Mm. He was very to himself. He had he had been there since twenty fifteen, seventeen, sixteen, fifteen, something. Yeah. No, so like he already twenty sixteen. He locked up LeBron. It was twenty fourteen or fifteen. Just twenty fifteen. No, was rookie. Wasn't that his rookie year? His yeah. Rookie year. Yeah. Twenty fifteen. Uh, he had Rod and Vince had already been there, and so they had better relationship with him than I did. You also wrote mean things about him. I so. didn't write mean things about him. If he played well, I wrote good things. If he didn't play well, I wrote. Uh, I just wrote the truth. Um, so mm. if the truth was negative, that's yeah. I, I don't go out of my way to bash a guy. I would never do that. Like I just not on the air. If he played, stop. Um, I liked. I always thought Stanley was interesting. I wish I had got to know him better. I thought he was an yeah. interesting guy. Well, the good news is that he's a free agent this summer. So okay, but who was the who surprised you though? Who surprised you? Um, Markeith wasn't a surprise. He was awesome. Um, is he is he as intense as I imagine? Marcus, that's well, the you that's I didn't cover Marcus. The thing about Markeith, right. and I I heard it was the same with Marcus. Markeith, I'll speak on Markeith because I covered him. He has that look on his like people call it resting bitch face or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it looks like don't come up and talk to me. But yeah. when you break that barrier and you're just like I'm just gonna go talk to Markeith. It's you'll have, it's the you'll it's the most fun you'll have that whole day for ten minutes. He's just funny. He's a big teddy bear. He's just a real dude, like from Philly, yeah. and it's it's funny. <laughs> it's just hard to describe. Like he's real. He'll like he, he shoots from the hip. It's hilarious. Did I ever tell the Markeith story on here? I think you did. Start telling it, and I'll cut you off if you have, because I'm pretty sure you did recently. Uh, actually, I can't tell the story. Great tease there. Sorry. Uh, so two things. One, for I can't those tell the story because I don't want to get him in trouble. Oh sure, okay. Yeah. Actually, I'll skip what I was gonna say too. Let me ask you this: You got any? Can you indulge me? You got any good Sweeney stories? Any good Sydney Lowe stories? You ever have a beer with them or something? Never had a beer with them. Um, I mean, I've had conver- a lot of conversations. They're both nice guys. Uh, really nice yeah. guys. Smart guys. Better Hooper. Better hooper. Who's the better hooper between the two? I only see Sean hoop. Sean, okay. sometimes if I get to the game early enough, him and Bryston Williams, who you, I've written about, you've heard, people have heard, like he's one of the player development coaches specifically with his shooting. Um, I, him and Sean do like full court things where they'll do sprints, kick out yeah. to the corner, and they'll take turns. They'll do like a 10-minute, 15-minute just before games to get a sweat and get some exercise. Yeah. Here's, a, here's another question for you. Who in the in the coaching staff and in the front office, who are you giving a bucket to? Probably everyone, right? I gave Dwayne say- a bucket. <laughs> no, you didn't. I never told you that story? No. That could be story time with James. <laughs> I'm not saying that I would get, like, I mean, maybe now, but Dwayne played at Kentucky. Like, Dwayne, no, I know there was a point in his life, he, like, Dwayne hooped. Yeah. But you're also, he's also, what, 50 years older than you. Yeah, 40-ish. 40 years older right. than you. 40 years older So than it was you. funny. All right, yeah, that's a good. I'm glad because I feel like my story times with James have been weak lately. <laughs> this is a good one. So as you may have seen on Twitter, there have been videos. But, like, me and Rod, whether it's we're in the gym waiting, like maybe the players and coaches are in a meeting and the gym's just empty and me and Rod will shoot around until they come out. Sometimes we could be shoot around for five minutes and then they come out. Sometimes mm. it could be they had a meeting for 15 minutes and we're shooting for 15 minutes. But most of the time we shoot – 
after interviews. So we'll interview Dwayne, probably shoot the shit with him off the off the record, just talk with him, catch up, and then depending on like what story you're working on, I'll ask for player X, player Y, interview them. And then we're just kind of chilling for a little bit and everybody clears after they do their post-practice workouts. The, the one, they have two courts in the Pistons, Pistons practice facility. So usually one of them's clear by then. So me and Rod are just shooting around, shooting around, shooting around. And Dwayne's like on the baseline, he was talking to somebody and he just decides when he's done this conversation, he was going to run out and close out on me. And I didn't see it till late. But I hoisted up the corner three, and it was cash. And I like I, I looked at him and laughed. He laughed, obviously, because I made the shot. Uh, but I looked at him and laughed. But, yeah, he closed out. He, he tried to catch me off guard, like was in a conversation, jumped on the floor. Yeah. And he caught a bucket. What if he uh... – <laughs> Dwayne Casey catching strays from James Edwards III. It wasn't what if a he stray. He, 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 brought, he tried to close out. What if he? Uh, what if the closeout was too tight? What if he like? It was a good you? closeout. I'm, but I'm saying, what if he pulled the Zaza on Kawhi and he snapped your ankle? Would you have been? Would you have sued Dwayne Casey and the no, Pistons? No, I wouldn't. No, no, no. I shouldn't. I mean, I'm I'm grateful they let me shoot around there. Yeah, 100. Uh, after practice and a billion dollar or million multi million dollar organization. Um, mm. Yeah, no, I wouldn't have. It would have. Been, I, I'm not that guy. Like, if I slipped and fell at Walmart, yeah, I'm suing the shit out of Walmart, but. The NBA, like it's, I he wouldn't have, he didn't mean it, yeah. Um, no. So yeah, he, I, I hit a three over Dwayne. He closed That's amazing. out, yeah, and it was a good closeout. I just, I keep the strap on me. Whoa, okay, what, uh, what are you thinking for your album this today? Um, I'm going to go with, damn you, like uh, Kendrick Lamar, sure. Okay, most recent album. Go ahead, go with you. Oh, oh, you're picking no, damn? Cause you, cause, no, no, yeah, because that was the joke there. No, I actually, this song, uh, it just came up in a in a For You playlist. Shout out to Spotify. It's literally just a song. It was a single from a guy called McGee, M-K dot G-E-E. Um, it's, it's a song called Untitled. It's Untitled, rather. Um, generally, his sort of uh, genre, I suppose, would be this sort of modern bedroom pop. Um, that is Bedroom sort of become, pop? Yeah, it's become popularized within probably the last two or so years. What does that mean? Like you made pop music in your bedroom? Yeah, it's it's sort of um, a more um, broken down, sort of raw version of this sort of indie pop music. Yeah, um, a little bit more rustic. Uh, raw, I guess, is the best word for it. But um, so that's generally what his sound his songs sound like. I actually think the production on this one's really good. Um, I really like the the drums, the the drum loops on it. Um, there's sort of this synthy bass throughout the, the the entire song that i really like it has this really strong ethereal vibe um so it, the, it, the the song in general is more i guess indie pop ish than anything else but it's very dark and i just i just really enjoy it I haven't i've only i've only spun it a few times but i really like it so oh. it's just one song okay um if it's just one song maybe i'll listen hear what pop bedroom pop sounds like but this song isn't specifically bedroom pop. I can send you some bedroom pop tracks. Okay, we'll do that. And you'll you'll hate it. Oh, well, I mean, you never know. Might have some fire I, on there. Um, I'm gonna go with the far side. Um, don't want to go with bizarre. All right, we'll we'll go to the far side. Bizarre ride to the far side. One album. And the other one is Lab California. Um, if you don't know about The Far Side, I mean, I would say their most famous song is Runnin', produced by Jay Dilla. Like, if you're, if you've never heard Runnin', and you're, it's sunny out, and you're driving, mm. it's like one of those, like, top-down, feel-good songs, but, like, it, there's, it, the way the just keep running away like it's very you probably heard it in movies i think it yeah. was in um what's the movie that was based on a true light or true story with the kids at the school uh Gump. no um gosh what's her name was in it I'm 13 just, going on 30 no it has to do with i want to say it was a white teacher in a in a predominantly black school the blind side no um Hold on, I'm gonna keep saying um until I get this movie because I'm pretty sure that was like the main song in the soundtrack uh, movie. Need me to need me to rap a little bit. 
No, we're just gonna. This is the end. If you've listened, movie about. I'm go- this is what I'm googling right now. Movie about white teacher <laughs> with black students. We're really gonna learn who our dedicated listeners are here because this is not. I just googled it. Uh, Freedom Riders. Oh, okay, yeah, no. Everybody's seen Freedom Riders, right? Nope. You've never seen Freedom Riders? I also didn't know who D.L. Huey was, so people are going to bitch at me. Yeah, that's way, crazy. So. It's, uh, Pop Edwards looks like D.L. Hughley. Uh, <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to have him on the show for Father's Day. No, we definitely will. Um, yeah, we'll, no. have, we'll have him him and my dad. We'll just have a Father's Day episode. That would be fun. Yeah, no, the so that was in, I think, Running was in that. Anyway, if you're into hip-hop, you've heard Running. It's, Nick, I'd like you to listen to Running for me. Um, yeah. It's a phenomenal song, but yeah. Either album, Bizarre Ride to the Far Side or Lab in California. I mean, Far Side West Coast group from the 90s. Unique voices, dope beats. They have songs to ride out to if you're into um, organic. Um, they have songs for every occasion. We'll say that. Mm. It's, it's They're a dope group. Very unique. Mm. The Far Side. Go ahead and listen to either one of those albums. Why do you have scratches on your shoulder? Uh, I, I'm itchy. I'd be scratching. Oh. Yeah, I'd be scratching. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you made it this far, thank you very much for listening. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate five stars, leave a review. I if just you are realized I was not recording that entire time. James is gaslighting me because I know for a fact that it was. Uh, we will catch you guys. I can't believe this. In the next one. Got him. Peace. Got him.